Welcome to Uptown. We appreciate you making us a part of your day. We're here to empower, encourage, and uplift you on your journeys. We invite you to join us. We have Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30 p.m., Sunday service at 11 a.m., and you can watch us online. Glad you're here. Let's begin today's message. You know, um, last few last few weeks I've been doing uh, uh, like a series. I've been walking walking this out. You know, uh, the first part I was talking about difficulties, and it's called the way. And the next one I went into we we talked about difficult times, and and then I went in and I talked about the scent of water, and then I talked about. Um, uh, God is building a palace, his, his palace within us. And, and uh, last week I talked about fear versus faith. Amen? This week, this week I, I really want to talk about, and, and if I had to title this message, it would be called Finish. Amen? Finish. See, that, that's something right there that, that all by itself is that when we talk about finish, in other words, we have to start something, right? Amen? And, 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 and what, what ends up happening is, is that we get into it and we start off all excited and, and so forth and we run into obstacles. And those obstacles sometimes become discouraging. Those obstacles sometimes aren't what we really perceived that we thought that we were getting into in the beginning. It's the obstacles, those things. You know, when I, when I was a young boy, I played a lot of sports. I played football, I played basketball, I played foot, uh, baseball. Uh, uh, soccer really wasn't the thing back, in, back, back when I was a kid. But, but all the other sports, I, I learned how to bowl and play chess and, and shoot pool and all these different things. But one thing I learned about sports, what sports teaches you is this, is to finish. Amen? You know, uh, uh, being on a team, it teaches you about teamwork. It teaches you, it teaches you that, that sometimes you have to depend on the next man, especially in the game of basketball, because in basketball, someone may be a better scorer than you are, but you may be a better rebounder than them. Someone may play better defense. You see, but you put all these different elements together on the court, and you have formulated a basketball team. Because everyone is doing what they're supposed to do. Same thing with football. Amen? You know, and, and, and the thing about sports is this, is that, is that you're depending on the next person. Is, is, is that playing basketball, even though I'm losing by 20 points, I'm not giving up. Because there's always hope that the other team may falter or the other team may start shooting bad and the next thing I know, I'm up by 20. See, see, sports teaches you something. It teaches you how to finish. It teaches you that, 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 that just because of what it looks like is not always going to be like how it's going to finish. But sports also teaches you a valuable lesson in this context also. 
is that I, I, I love playing chess. I'm a chess player. There, there are some people that, that can play chess that I just can't beat on a consistent basis. But I enjoy playing them because why? Because they make my game better. Amen? See, sometimes in, in, in this journey we call life, we run into people that make your game better. See, you may be going through something or, or an obstacle, but the thing about it is that they've already been there. Chess is, a, chess is a game where you have to sit down and you have to manipulate it. See, chess is also a game like this, is that what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice something in order to win the game? See, on the, on the chessboard, the most important piece is the queen. See, but the queen is protecting the king. But we have to understand this sometimes. Can I give away my queen in order to get a checkmate? A lot of young chess players, they, they don't want to sacrifice their queen in order to get to the end game. Because sacrificing my queen may set me up for the next two moves for a checkmate. But I'm telling you this this morning is because it's about finishing. Sometimes we don't know how we're going to finish. Amen? I'm going to talk about Paul this morning. And how Paul is going to teach us how to finish. Paul is teaching us a spiritual concept about finishing the race. It's a valuable lesson he teaches us about depending upon God. See, it's, it's something to, to say, when I love the Lord, I love him so good. And everything is right. Everything is going so right in your life is that, is that worshiping God is nothing. But Paul is going to teach us a valuable spiritual lesson this morning about how to finish when things are just going up in an uproar. Psalms 89 reads like this. Because the Bible said this that I've hidden thy word in thy heart that I may not sin against thee. So, so what is this teaching me? This is teaching me that I must have God's word in my heart. Because when I have God's word in my heart, then when the difficult times or when those stressful times come up, the word of God rises up within me. Amen? Amen. Psalms 89 reads like this, 89 uh, 13 through 18 reads like this. And you have a mighty arm. Strong is, your, strong is your hand and high is your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. In your name they rejoice all day long. In your righteousness they are exalted. You are the glory of their strength. And in your favor our horn is exalted. Verse 18. For our shield belongs to you. 
the Lord. For our shield belongs to you, the Lord, and our king to the Holy One of Israel. Paul understood one thing when it came to his knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that his strength was in God. His strength was in Jesus. His life was in Jesus. But he had to be willing to give something up. He had to be willing to submit his spirit unto God. He had to be willing to sacrifice himself. Amen? But Paul also understood that this was a race that he had to finish. He had to finish what he started. When, when God met Paul on the road of Damascus and the Bible said that he fell to the ground and he, Jesus spoke to him and he said, hey, hey, you, what you persecuting me for? And the first thing Paul said is, is that you, Lord? And then God gave him a commission. God told him to do something because he had these scales upon his face. God said, now you go to Ananias. You go and he shall pray for you. So God in the, beginning of, of, in the beginning of Paul's commission unto God, he gave him something to do. So what does this teach us? This teaches us is that when we come into Christ Jesus, we have a purpose. Amen? See, see we just don't raise our hands up like we just don't care and say, oh Lord, I'm just in you. But he's saying that you are in me because I need you to go here. Amen? Philippians 1, 6 reads like this, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a what? A good work. See? See, being in Christ Jesus is a good work. Being his who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the, until the day of Christ Jesus. So the word of God is teaching us that God shall complete it. Amen? Then he goes on in the Philippians 3, chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, and he reads like this. Not that I have already obtained it. See, that's the part where we have to understand. Right there. See, we, we walk around and we think that, that, that just because I'm doing something, I've obtained it already. Amen? But see, God is constantly doing a work in you. Isn't that what we just read? He's constantly doing a work in you. Or, or, or excuse me, or am I already perfected it, but I press on that I may lay a hold of that which is Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended it. But one thing I do is forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. See, pressing on sometimes, meaning that we have to leave those things behind 
and press ahead. Moses said something, I said it in my prayer, but Moses said something when the children of Israel, when they were leaving Egypt, they got to the edge. And the first thing they said is they got to complaining like, would you bring us over here to die? And the Bible reads, and God told Moses, tell them to quit grumbling. Quit complaining. See, the first time we get to a, the first time we get to the edge, we start complaining. Oh, God, what am I going to do now? But the Bible said that he told Moses, tell them to move forward. Amen? Then he goes on in verse 14 and he reads like this. I press towards the goal, the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So my goal or my prize is the upward call in Christ Jesus. Amen? See, see, I'm, I'm setting you up for Paul right now. Because Paul, remember I said, I've hidden that word in thy heart that I may not sin against thee. Right? Jesus said when he was tempted in the wilderness, he said, it is written by every word of God. It is written. See, we have to have the word of God in order to overcome the different circumstances and the storms in our lives. We're going to talk about storms. We're going to talk about running, a running, a running to a shelter that only lasts for a moment. We're going to talk about getting caught up in Ekrakadon of life. And we're going to get talk about not seeing the light of day. We're going to talk about losing hope and gaining hope. We're going to talk about purpose and saving lives and God has fulfilled his word in us. We're going to talk about the most important thing is how God wants us to use our hands to fulfill our purpose. Amen? I'm going to read out of Acts, chapter 27, amen? And I'm going to start at verse 13. And I'm going to read for a minute, then I'm going to go back through it, but I want to give you the foundation, amen? And now, and when the south wind blew softly, mm, I want you to pay attention to that. Amen? And when the south wind had blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, and they sailed close to Crete. But not long after, the temperance headwind arose called Ekrakadon, if I said that right. Uh, so, so when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive and running and running under the shelter of an island called Claudia. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? Running under a shelter of an island called Claudia. What's that? Called Claudia. And, and secured the and secured the lifeboats with difficulties. And when they had taken taking it aboard, and they used cables to underground the ship, fearing least that, that they should run aground in Satyrus, 
And the Satra is saying, they, stuck, they, they, they struck sail and so were driven. And because they were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened, they, they, they lightened the ship. On the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their, with their own hands. Hmm, interesting. And now neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. No small tempest beat us. All hope that we had, all hope that we would be saved were finally given up. And after a long absence of food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred, and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be bought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as he has told me. However, we must run aground on a, on a certain island. And when, when the 14th night had come, as we, were, as we were driven up the sea of Arretica, uh, uh at midnight, the sailors sensed that they, were, that, 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 that they were drawing near to some land. And they took sounds and found that they were 20 fathoms. And when, they, and when they had gone a little farther, they took sounds again and found they were 15 fathoms. Then fearing least should run, then, then fearing least, run aground on the rocks, they dropped, their, they dropped their four anchors from the stern and they prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they, when they had let down the, the, the lifeboats into the sea, under the pretense of putting out the anchors, putting out the anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men stay in, stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. And the soldiers cut away the ropes of the, of the lifeboats and let them fall off. And, the, and, excuse me, and as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them to take food, saying, Today is the 14th day, and you waited, and you continued without food to eat nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for, this is for your survival, since not a hair on your head shall fall from, since not a hair will fall from your head of, of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when they had broken it, he began to eat. Verse 36, and, when, and they were all encouraged and they also took food for themselves. And in, excuse me, and in all, and in all we were 276 persons on the ship. So when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and threw, uh, and threw out the wheat into the sea. And when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed the bay of the beach unto, unto, unto which they planned to run aground, and the, ship was, and the ship was possible. And they let it go, and the anchors uh, uh, left them in the sea. Meanwhile, losing the, the, ro the, the rudders, ropes, they hoisted the mainsail of the wind. And made for shore, but striking a place where the two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and Paul stuck fast and remained immovable. And when the stern was being broken by the violent waves, 
The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion wanted to save Paul, kept them from, kept them from their purpose, and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get, and get to land and the rest on boards in some parts of the ship so that it was what they, so, so that, so, excuse me, so that it was that they all escaped safely to the land. Amen. <coughs> excuse me. Amen. I, I wanted to read that in that context because I wanted you to see what Paul was going through. Amen. See, there's, there's something that's taking place. Paul was on this ship, and the ship was about to be shipwrecked. But the Bible reads like this. It says, so when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of the island called Claudia, we secured the lifeboats for difficulties. What is, this, what is this showing us right now? Excuse me. That when they set out, everything was good. Amen? Everything was good when they set out. And then they ran into a tempest. Then they ran into a storm. It was a, cycl it was a cyclone kind of a storm that, that this temperance, <coughs> excuse me, that this temperance wind is the northeast, which blows in the Mediterranean mostly. But the word temperance just means a violent storm or an uproar. So Paul and the sailors were experiencing a violent storm and an uproar in their sail. It went from a good day to a temperance day. Have you guys ever had a day like that? You ever had a good day? I'm telling you, you woke up, everything's running good. You done got to ride. You're riding to work, get to work. Everything is perfect. And as soon as you walk in, something has went crazy. And you're like, man, already? Right now? See, uproars and violent things in our lives, they prepare us for the next part of our life journey. Now they're bringing in the lifeboats. See, see now, when I was, when I was reading this, it, 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 it showed me something. See, they're in a storm, so their natural instinct is, let's bring in the lifeboats just in case. Because the lifeboats are trailing on back of the ship, right? But when I'm reading this, I'm seeing that Luke is writing this, right? And, and, and when Luke writes it, he said, great difficulty, right? So what is, this, what is this showing me right now? That Luke had to put down his pen and his paper, and he had to help him. Amen? See, there comes a time, there comes a time in our life when whatever we're doing, we're going to have to put it down. Amen? We're going to have to put it down in order to bring whatever it is back on boat, back on the boat. 
Amen. The Bible says that 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 on, in the verse 17 it says, and when they had taken it aboard, they used cables to underground the ship, fearing least it should run aground on the sands and stuck and stuck the sail. But because of the exceeding tempest tossed the next day, they had to lighten the ship. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard. Hmm. They threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. See, what we have to understand is this. In the midst of a storm in your lives, what you think is going to help you is not going to help you. What you've, what you've been used to for so long is not going to be the thing that God uses to get you out of it. See, they, 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 they had the lifeboats in their mind. They said, we get the lifeboats up. Now, just think about this for a minute. If the boat breaks up, don't you think the lifeboat's going to break up? It's natural. I'm going to put the lifeboats on the boat. And then all of a sudden, I'm trying to secure the boat. But the lifeboats are on the boat. And, and, if the, and if the boat breaks up and the lifeboats are smaller than the boat, what's going to happen to the lifeboats? But our natural thinking is that we're going to hold on to what we think is safe. Amen? Paul is, 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 is teaching us is that using the natural means to save our lives is not going to prevent the ship from breaking up. God is trying to make us trust him. See, you know the hardest thing to do sometimes is to trust somebody. Got to keep it real. The hardest thing to do sometimes is to trust somebody. I remember, you know, I'm going to use myself. I remember my mom when I was growing up and and she used to tell me, Greg, you do this, 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 and I'm going to give you this, this amount of money, right? So I'm trusting her that I'm going to cut this grass, trim these bushes, watch my sisters, and then on Friday when I get ready to go out with the, with, with the rest of the fellas and, and we get ready to go roller skating and stuff, that she's going to put some money in my pocket, right? Particular Friday. My mother worked midnights, right? She didn't go to the bank. So I'm standing over her while she's sleeping, standing over her, mama, mom. She wakes up and she looks at me and she says, well, I was tired and I forgot to go to the bank. Hmm. And I'm saying, but do, do you at least got a 20? Now, back in them days, 20 was a lot of money. Right? And she said, no, Greg. She said, but they didn't, they didn't have ATMs back then either. Right? 
She says, no, Greg. She says, go ask your granny, and I just give it back to her. Now, I'm trusting that granny got the 20. Right? Because mama said, she's going to give it to me. Now I'm trusting for granny. So I walk up to Ma. I said, Ma, you got 20? She looked at me for what? I said, because mama said that you was going to give me 20. She ain't told me. <laughs> so, so I had to go through this whole thing in order to get this 20. Right? But at the end of the day, well, my point is at the end of the day, I was trusting my mother to give me what she said that she was going to give me. And she gave it to me by a means that I wasn't looking for it. Interesting, isn't it? I still got it though, right? But Paul is teaching us right now, he's teaching us a valuable lesson. He is teaching us that my purpose is here. I'm getting broke up here. And the difficulty is right in my face. But God is saying to us this morning is that all I want you to do is trust me and get out your normal aspect of looking at me. See, certain methods and certain, and, and certain things that will bring us into unbelief. Think about it. I can trust in my natural way so much that when it doesn't happen the way I think it is supposed to happen, unbelief rises up. God ain't never told me, well, it was broken English, wasn't it? God has never said to me, Greg, I want you to do it this way, this way, this way, and this way. He changes it constantly. Constantly. The fear of crashing in a place where everyone else has lost their ship. See, this is the route that they're taking. They're taking a route that Paul, with his experience, remember, he's been shipwrecked three times, right? Paul, with his experience, he knows that the route that they're taking, a whole bunch of ships have been lost. In other words, he is saying that I know that failure is here. But God is depending upon the fight within you. See, not depending on you knowing that someone else failed. He is depending on the fight within you. See, God is asking you the question this morning. Are you willing to go into the wind? Are you willing to go head into the wind? Yes. Whatever the storm may be, whatever the situation may be, it may be a broken relationship. See? And, and that broken relationship has hurt your heart so bad that when the right person pops up in front of you, you don't want to go into that relationship because you are so afraid of what happened here. You've been praying and asking God, God, would you send me a husband that's six foot two, tall, dark, and handsome? I'm already married. So, <laughs> amen. You know, but I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying this is because, because, because God is preparing you for something. 
just because you had one bad relationship, think of it in this context, is that that relationship prepared you for your wife or your husband. Amen? The Bible said that they started throwing things over the tackle overboard while these are the final things done to help save the ship. They're throwing all this stuff over. This, can you imagine? I want you guys to kind of picture this in your head. Now, the ship going up and down, you know, like Gilligan's Island is going up and down and it's tossed in the waves and they got stuff and they saying, here, here, and they throwing it overboard and they grabbing something, they throwing this overboard. And, and in their minds they're saying, but I'm still being tossed by the waves. But naturally or instinctively, they're throwing the stuff overboard because they've been taught this is what we do. When the ship is in trouble or in distress, we throw things overboard. My question to you is this. What are you going to throw overboard? What are you going to throw overboard to increase your life? What are you going to throw overboard that you don't need anymore? Remember that show that was called Hoarders? I couldn't, I've watched that show maybe three or four times. And then I just couldn't stomach it because they would open up the house and stuff was all over, all, you know, my ABCs go off. They was all over the place. And somebody is sitting right in the midst of it like that's the thing to do. And the people come in to help them. And they have to throw things out. And the first thing the owner of the home says is this, no, 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 don't touch that. No, 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 that, that, was, that, was, that was Uncle Bill's and, and, and Uncle Bill been gone for 90 years. No, 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 no. And what you doing back there? See, God is telling us we got to quit hoarding stuff within us. Because when we hoard stuff and we're in this, in, in, this, in this tempest and we're going up and down and we're hoarding stuff, it's weighing us down. He's saying, how are you going to move forward if you're hoarding it? Get rid of it. Amen? Hmm. See, God is telling us another thing also is that this is why most Christians, I said that out loud, didn't bad, Greg, bad. Most Christians, they, they've been in something for 20 years. Lord, they praying down, oh, Lord, we gonna, I just want you to get this out of my life, Lord. Oh, Lord, and, and they're going through the whole motion. 20 years later, they're saying, Lord, why didn't you help me? And the Lord said, I was waiting on you. I was waiting on you to get rid of it. I've already delivered you from it. See, the hard time or the hard thing sometimes is catching up to your own deliverance. God has already delivered you from it and you still 
I'm waiting on the Lord. Use your own hands. Amen. The Bible says this. Uh, I'm, I'm walking through it right quick. The Bible said, neither, neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. And no small tempest beat on us. And all hope that we had, that we, that, that we would be saved, was finally given up. What is the word of God teaching? Is the word of God is teaching us something real simple, is that is that all of a sudden we can't see the light. Mm. See, when we're walking in Christ Jesus, Jesus is the what? The light, right? And, and, and when the tempest comes or when storms come, it's dark, right? But we have to remember that wherever the darkness is, there is light. If it's, I'll give you an example. If it's nine o'clock in the morning and the sky is dark, the sun is still out. Amen? The sun didn't go nowhere. The clouds just came over. And, and what the Bible is teaching us is that we have to keep our focus on the light. Not the dark times. Amen? The Bible says this, is that they were in the open sea. So, a sailor... Back in this time, they navigated with the sun and the stars, right? So now they couldn't see the sun nor the stars. So they were, they were blind. They were navigating blind. But the experience of the crew was now no good to them. See, isn't that what God does to us sometimes? All our experience that we think that we've accumulated over the years now is no good to you because God is doing something new to you. God wants your full attention. See, it's easy for me to do. I'll give you an example. This, this week, I got a Jeep, so... Um, I confess, just being lazy. I confess, I usually just take it and have them take the top off for me. But God was telling me when I was at work, he said, Greg, why don't you do it? And I said, okay, I can do it. Then, then he showed me how to do it, right? So I have my, my, my brother-in-law, my nephew, I had them help me take it off. It took us, what, 20 minutes to take off. Took me five minutes to put the hard top back on. But I'm saying this to say that my laziness was going to allow me to give somebody else some money to do something I could do myself. See, I just confessed out loud, didn't I? But God was showing me something. He said, Greg, you can do it. You just have to take time to do it. Amen? I blinded myself 
in the context that I'm saying I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Amen? So, the <clears throat> Bible says that we were, that all hope was gone. They were in despair. But I want, you to, I want you to understand this. Please, please get this point. Please. That God has a purpose in your life. And, and because God has a purpose in your life, that means you're connected to somebody else. Amen? The Bible said there was 276 sailors that was on this boat. And they were all connected to Paul's survival. Mm, interesting, isn't it? Is that the Bible said, the angel came and said that, that everybody on the boat will be, will be saved because of you. Amen? What does that teach us? That's, that teaches us that, that all the storms I go through in my life, that I'm going to run into someone that that storm was for. I'm going to survive it because God's purpose was them. Amen? You know, I give you, I give you something, and, 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 and I, I have uh, uh, 10 grandchildren. And every one of them are different. Every last one of them little jokers are different. Right? But the thing about it is, is this. Is that everything I experienced in my life, I'm able to give to them. I'm able to give the young boys something as they're growing into young men. I'm able to sit down my granddaughters and impart in them things that they need to know as growing women, future mothers, future wives. But I accumulated this over a period of time through many hardships, many ups and downs. Amen? The Bible said that they didn't eat for a long period of time, right? I want you to think about this. The, 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 all these sailors wasn't on the boat fasting. They wasn't fasting and praying. I want you to, I want you to, tell, I want you to get that in your head right now. They weren't fasting and praying. What the situation was, was this. Everything was wet and it didn't look good to the eye. They were experiencing seasickness and everything else, the conditions, their environment. See, what is the Bible teaching us this morning is that sometimes your environment will stifle you. Sometimes your environment will stop you from being fulfilled in God. Amen? Bible says that, that he gives us strength. Paul is in this, one of these moments. Have you guys, now let's keep it real. Somebody, you're going through something. The last thing you want to hear is, but I told you so. Don't you, don't you remember in, in, in 2010 I told you so? How you remember way back then? I told you so. People are so good to say, I told you so, instead of giving you a solution to the problem. Amen? 
See, the Bible says this, is that the Bible said that, 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 that the angel came and he told Paul, said nobody's life will be lost. Amen? God is preparing us for something even better. We don't see it right now, but he's doing it. The only way Paul was able to stand was with his relationship with Christ Jesus. I'm going to say that again. The only way Paul was able to stand was his relationship with Christ Jesus. Now watch this. The angel came to Paul because the Bible said that he was also what? Afraid. Right? You remember that old saying that I, I, I use myself. You're going through something. Got all this word. I'm senior pastor of town church. I got all this word in me. And all of a sudden, here comes a storm. It all went out the window. Man, where did, where did that scripture go? It, it, just, it just went. So, so the Bible is teaching us is that the angel of the Lord came and he was telling Paul, reminding him who he was. And that strengthened Paul. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? The angel came and did what? Hmm, strengthened him, didn't it? Reminding him that he is the Son of God. Amen? Your relationship with Christ Jesus. But we have to remember this also. Is that the angel spoke to him. Huh? We, first thing we running around... And the Lord spoke to me. You got to know who's speaking to you. Some, sometimes God will come to you in different ways. The Bible said the angel spoke to him. Amen? See, Paul was also praying for unbelievers. I want you to understand this. Paul was also praying for unbelievers. Everybody on that boat wasn't a believer. Sometimes we have to get in our prayer closets and we have to stand in the gap and we have to pray for unbelievers even though we're going through a storm. Even though we're going through something. We have to stand and the Bible says that, 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 that he was looking for a man or woman to stand in the gap. We have to learn, well, I know they don't believe in Jesus. Well, I'm praying for them, folks. Somebody had to pray for you. Amen? See, that's our problem sometimes. We're in the midst of a storm and we forget about other people. Amen? But Paul made a statement. He didn't just say, I believe in God. He said, I believe in what God said to me. Amen? This is the key. We have to believe in what God has said to us. Even the, even the demons believe that there is a God. I have to believe in what he's saying to me. Amen? Amen. Now here's the last part. I'm about to close now. Real interesting. See, haters. The Bible said something 
Real simple. Said Paul, the angel said, everybody on the boat will be saved. But they have to stay on the boat. Now, all of a sudden, people get to a certain place and they're looking at your situation. And the Bible said this, that the soldiers had a purpose. Sometimes your purpose is different from somebody else's purpose. And that's all right. But their purpose was to kill them, to kill the prisoners and save themselves. See, haters will come in all different ways. God's particular purpose right now was to tell Paul, you have to go to Caesar. But the devil will still try to use people to stop you from going to Caesar. They'll come up with their own purpose. Well, uh, you know, a protocol says we got to kill everybody on the boat so that nobody escapes. Sometimes it's not about protocol. If you want to be saved, you better ride with me. Because if you tried to kill me, I'm quite sure that you were the ones who's going to lose your life, not me. Because the promise came through me, not you. Amen? See, and, and, and this is what took place in the, the centurion or the head of the soldier said, no, 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 leave, leave it alone. Don't y'all do this. And then he went and he said this. He said, now, if you can swim, jump over and swim. Those of you who can't swim, hold on to a piece of the boat. Amen? I'm telling you right now, I don't care if I have to slide in on my belly, I'm going to grab something. I'm going to grab something to hold on to. Amen? I wouldn't care if it's God so loved the world. I'm grabbing a hold of it. If that's the only scripture that came up in my spirit at that moment, I'm grabbing a hold of it. Sometimes we got to learn how to fight. We got to learn how to finish the race. We have to learn how no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, that I got to finish. See? I can't give up. The Bible says, he who stands firm to the end shall be saved. It didn't say the middle. It didn't say at the beginning. It said the end. We have to learn how to fight through stuff because life's journey is not easy. Being a Christian or calling myself a follower of Christ Jesus is not easy. Jesus Christ said, if they persecuted me, what they going to do to you? They're going to persecute you too. We have to learn how to finish a race. We have to learn not to give up in the middle, no matter what it looks like. See, 
<laughs> when I was growing up, there was a young man. His name was Daryl. Me and Daryl, we just couldn't get along. Couldn't get along. Our mothers got along, but me and Daryl couldn't get along. So one day, we ride on our bikes, and we thought we was John Wayne. And we jumped off our bikes like we was jumping off horses. And we landed in Miss Fiedewa's rose garden, all her flowers. And we fought. And we fought. Now, this is old school stuff. So my mother, she comes down there, and she's talking to his mother. His mother's name was Betty. And she's talking to his mother, and they're they looking at us like, look at them two fools. And so now all of a sudden, we got tired. And we're going to huff and puff. And, and these two mothers, they're looking at us and no, 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 no. Keep going. And we are scrapping and fighting. We couldn't even swing no more. We couldn't even swing no more. My glasses broke. <laughs> I used to have this big piece of tape right here. You know? <laughs> My glasses broke and everything else. But, but the, thing was, the thing was this. They were not going to let us finish or uh, stop that fight until we got it out of our system. We fought for so long is that we was on the ground like this. <laughs> then we became best of friends. But you know what we had to do? We had to take our, you know, that twenty dollars. I was, I told you about in the beginning. We had to take that same twenty, and 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 many more of them, and and redo Miss Fiedewa's whole garden, and plant them flowers right back. See, but I'm telling you something this morning is, finish. Finish the course. I fought the good fight. Finish. Jesus Christ said on the cross, he said, now it is finished. Paul only had 276 men lives to be saved because he finished the race. Jesus Christ was on the cross and he said, it is finished and the whole world can be saved. Because he finished what he started. Amen. As always, the altars are open. Always. If you need prayer, come on down. If you're struggling with something and you need prayer to, to help you finish the race, come on down. We, we're going to help you. This is what we're here for. I pray that this message was encouraging and that you got something out of it. Amen? I, I pray that that that, that during the course of your week, that when something rises up, you can hear, finish. Finish. That when you perceive something and it's not what you think it is, finish. Grab a hold of what you need to grab a hold of and finish. Throw out whatever it is inside of you, that baggage. Throw it out. Get rid of it. Quit holding on to stuff that happened 
30 years ago. Because it's holding you down. Get rid of it. Finish. 